you know, movement is medicine for real, like for real, for real. And that is my story. You know, fitness saved my life. It saved my life and it does every single day to this very day. Here we go, part two with Michael Chernow. You heard, movement is king. It's changed part of my life for sure. As soon as I started moving and I got my workouts in on a daily basis, things just change. It's it's inexplainable because you get the mind moving, forget about things, it's a distraction. You sweat in the morning, at night, whenever you can. You get that workout in. It is game-changing life, life, life-changing. This part two uh, episode of Chernow, um, we're talking about that. We're talking about the movement, uh, how important that is, his morning routine, more about that, his nighttime routine, his nighttime routine with his kids, and how to keep a solid, healthy, and whole relationship, and so much more. He just spits a lot of knowledge and some good stuff uh, for all of us to just be better. We kick off this part two with how he met his wife, so let's do it. Michael Chernow, part two. Here we go. Um, wife, how'd you meet her? I met my wife about seven or eight months after I got sober. I was working at Frank Restaurant, the restaurant that, uh, you know, Frank saved my ass mm-hmm. at. And she walked into the restaurant with a girlfriend of hers and two guys. And my wife, I met her. She was 22. I was 24. So we've been, we just celebrated our first date was on April 24th, 2005. Mm. So two days ago was our 18 year uh, first date anniversary. Wow. And you were like eight months sober ish, right? I was eight months sober. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And she walked into the restaurant, like stunningly beautiful. You know, it was like hard not to notice her because she's like an angel walking through the doors. And, uh, she was they were with two guys so i didn't you know i was like normal beautiful people walking into the restaurant they sat down at the bar they ordered a drink and then they went into the restaurant and um i didn't really think anything of it about an hour and a half later i saw the two guys walk out of the restaurant and like something was like mm, that's interesting and then about 10 minutes after that donna and linda sat down at the bar and i was like weird okay and then we just started talking I made them a bunch of espresso martinis <laughs> and we just re- like, I was hanging out with them all night. You know, it was later on in the night. I think they walked in for dinner at like nine 30 and the guys left at 11. They sat down at eleven fifteen, and they hung out with me till I closed the restaurant. And Donna and I really connected. I, she told me it was her birthday on, we met on the 23rd of April. She said it was her birthday on the 25th of April And I said, well, shit, like after an hour and a half, two hours of hanging out with them. And she was so beautiful. I mean, like, I mean, she's still very, very beautiful. But at that time, I was like, whoa, this is like, she was like a, you know, definitely the most beautiful girl I would have ever hooked up with at the time, I think. And I said, you got to let me take you out on your birthday. You have to let me take you out for dinner uh, to my favorite restaurant. You just got to let me do it you know and i wasn't that guy at that stage of my life i was that i was that guy for years before i got sober but after i got sober i was like way more controlled mm-hmm. but she just blew me away and she was so cool too and she said i can't i got i got plans with my my friends on my birthday you know they were going to like butter or some fucking club and i said okay well i've got another idea i'm off tomorrow night and so why don't you let me take you out tomorrow night for a late dinner and then we'll celebrate your birthday at midnight at my favorite spot. And she was like, okay. (laughs) And that's what we did. And so I picked her up the following night. I took her to blue ribbon, uh, brasserie in the West village on Sullivan street between spring and broom spring and Prince rather. And, uh, that was my favorite restaurant still is one of my favorite restaurants in New York city. And then after that, we went to, uh, we celebrated her birthday at midnight there with a unbelievably delicious molten chocolate cake after dinner. And then we went to, um, a coffee shop in the West village. I forgot the name of the damn coffee shop. It's like a famous old school coffee shop in the West village. And we sat in the back and we like made out all night mm-hmm. and it was amazing. And then she ghosted me for two weeks. Because the guy that that she did walk in with was a guy that she was seeing. 
and she was confused. She didn't know which direction to go in. I had called her a few times, texted her. I got no response. And I was like, I cannot believe that that's not going to happen. I can't, I couldn't believe it. You know, it was just one of those things where I was like, it was such a one, like a, such a magical night with this woman. I was like totally floored by her. And then two weeks later, she texted me and said, Hey, I don't know if you're working, but I think you told me that you were off like Thursdays and Sundays. And I'm at little Frankie's if you want to come and meet up for, you know, a, a bite to eat. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> and I, I, I flew down to little Frankie's and we've been tied at the hip ever since. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we, we just, that was it. She made her decision. She said that she, she, she got rid of the dude and you know, we've been, she's my best friend. I mean, I get emotional talking about her. She's, she's, I mean, obviously she's my wife, my lover, but really like she taught me what love is. She taught me how to love and receive love. She taught me what a relationship is supposed to be. She taught me about fighting through tough times and not, you know, cause I think in relationships, when it gets hard, a lot of us tend to lean towards like, that's it, it's over. And like, don't want to fight through the hard stuff because we're afraid of failing. So we quit before it's before you fail. And that's like a, in a lot of things in life, right? Like my experience, when things get really hard, you just are like, fuck it, I'm out. And that, and, and you, 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 you dip because you're afraid to push through in the event that you're not going to make it to the other side. And so it's easier to just quit. And she taught me that quitting is not an option. I really owe that to my wife. You know, she really, really like her and I, I mean, the truth is, is that we've been together since we're, we've been together 18 years. We don't, I mean, we've dipped in and out of therapy. We're very communicative. When shit comes up, we, we deal with it. Um, the first five to seven years of our relationship, though, I was working a lot. I had opened up the meatball shop eventually. She was she was modeling, you know, all over the world for the most. I mean, she was in the air all the time and she was traveling all the time. So it was like we had this healthy um, separation from each other in the first five, seven years that we were together. And then I opened up meatball shop and, you know. I mean, she she hooked up with a bartender, right? <laughs> like everybody's like, "Oh, you got the trophy wife." I'm like, ah, actually, she was the breadwinner for many years. Well, many years. You know, we met in '05. I opened up Meatball Shop in 2010. So for the first five years of our relationship, you know, she bought our first apartment in Williamsburg in 2007. I mean, you know, she she's she's like she's the best. That's awesome, man. And she's yeah, she's the best. Did you lay it out on her from day one about your story? Mm-hmm. and and, yeah. how, and she was totally cool with it supportive ready to go you know i told her i was crazy i mean she you know i was crazy at that point point in my life you know i was like very very intense i was training like three four hours a day it, it was like i really did replace my bad habits with the, with great habits and i kind of replaced the addiction which quite frankly honestly i'm 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 totally fine with <laughs> you know if, if, if there if i've helped a lot of guys in sobriety and I would much rather save someone's life with a fitness addiction than see them go kill themselves in the street. Fitness is, you know, movement is medicine for real, like for real, for real. And that is my story. You know, fitness saved my life. It saved my life and it does every single day to this very fucking day. And so I told her that. I said, Hey, like, you just got to know, like, I, I think you're amazing, but I have this like pretty structured situation. And if you can get behind that with me, you know, and she was like, yeah, well, I'm also traveling all the time. So like, we're going to hang out one or two days a week, if that let's, so let's just try it. And we did, you know? And so she knew that I was sober and she was, she, she's not, she was never really a big drinker. She still drinks, you know, she's never partied in her life though with drugs. Um, she has no interest in that. Her and I are, I mean, man, it's fucking crazy, but we're very different in, in a lot of ways. And also like the same person. Yeah. Um, let's get into your nighttime routine. You got me back to the sleep masks. Thanks to your IG. My sister got me one like a year ago. It's got some lavender in it. I put it on for the first time and I was like, man, this is 
this is a chick thing. I can't get behind this. I put it away, right? I saw you, found you. You were talking about the sleep mask. And I was like, all right, let me give it a try. Mike, I slept like a rock, like a rock, mm-hmm. dude. And I'm all behind it. Every night now, I'm putting the sleep mask on. Tell, tell me about that. Like, how did, how, did you, how did you get behind that? Well, I mean, you follow my content. You know the deal with me. Like, I am just always on the prowl for optimization. Yep. I want to, I want to, like, I'm living, you know, I'm living this life. I don't know if there's going to be, I don't know if there's another one out there for me, right? I, and I'm only guaranteed today. So I really am one of these guys who I do everything I do on a daily basis because I want to experience life to the fullest. And so if there's an opportunity for me to be better in any way, I'm going to do it. Yep. I'm not going to beat myself up if I'm not better. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'll toss it to the curb. But like, I will try anything at least twice <laughs> if it has a chance of making me a better human being, better father, better husband, better business owner, better athlete, any anything that, you know, where I can be better. So that happens for me. Typically, there's two, there's, you know, there's two times a day that I really believe I have complete control over. And that's early, early, early in the morning when no one is around, I can really make my own decisions and do whatever the fuck I want. And there's nothing that can potentially interrupt me most 90% of the time. And then at the very end of my day, about the, the that last hour before I go to bed is like also a time where I really do have the reins for the most part. The kids are asleep. It's just me and the wife. She supports everything I do. I support everything she wants to do. And I can really sort of decide what I want to do in that last hour between 8.30 and 9.30, 10 at night. And so my evening routine does really start at 5.30 in the evening. So these days, I only work seven hours a day, something like that. I don't work the 18 hours a day that I did for too many years. I work seven hours a day for the most part. And uh, that typically looks like an hour before I go to the gym, after I'm done with my morning routine, drop the kids off at school. I'll work from like 7.30 to 8.39. I'll get to the gym. That's my first hour-ish of work where I just plow through emails and make sure that I'm just like crushing shit before the day really gets started. And then I get to the desk at around 10.30, 11, and I work from 11 to 5.30 typically. And um, I close the computer every day at 530. Shut it down. I do not, I'm not, I I don't believe that I need to get that last email. I need to do this last thing. I'm like, no, no, no. This is a boundary. This is a hard boundary that I'm drawing. I'm going to draw this boundary. I'm going to stay true to it. Obviously, if there's if there's a fucking red flag emergencies, I'm I'm taking care of business. I'm the CEO of my company. (laughs) But I get most of my shit done, if not all of the stuff that I need to get done in in the allocated time that I give towards work. I close the computer and then I go on a 10 minute cleaning my office mission. I want my office to look immaculate before I leave so that when I walk in the following day, desk is clean, it's wiped down, everything's in the right place, it feels good. Everybody, you know, like it just I, I believe in um in 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 setting the environment before you have to be there. So I do that with my office. I do that with my gym. I do that. I do that pretty much anytime I leave a room. I, I I make sure it's nice and neat and clean. And then um and then I head down to the truck and and uh, I get in my car and I have about a twenty minute drive home typically. And in that drive, I don't take phone calls. I either listen to an audiobook, I listen to some music, or I listen to a podcast. But it's really just like a it's a good like little 20 minute wind down time for me to sort of try to start transitioning that intense work energy that you kind of may see here now where I'm like, I'm flowing, I'm in it, you know, I try to transition out of that into dad husband life. Mm. By the time I get to my driveway, I pull halfway up my driveway, it's about 555 most days, and I shut my car off. And I do a breathwork exercise before I walk into the house. And that breathwork exercise is either box breathing where I'll breathe in through my nose for four seconds. I'll hold it at the top for four seconds, out through my mouth for four seconds. And I'll hold the breath at the bottom for four seconds. I'll do that five to 10 times to try to bring me back down to baseline, basically like what it felt like leaving my house in the morning. If I don't feel like anxiety free or really like my anxiety level has 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 been sort of like tampered, um, I will I will do this 
double inhale, long, slow exhale for five or 10 rounds, which I learned from Andrew Huberman. It's really effective. But typically the box breathing does it for me. And and the reason why I do this breath work exercise is because I, I learned a lesson pretty hard uh, about a year ago, a little, little less than a year ago. I walked into my house. I hadn't done any of this breath work shit. And I was just like walking in with that intensity, with that energy that I have as a founder of a company. And I was on my phone. I was looking at my phone, walking through the door. I stopped in the kitchen. My son, my older son said, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I like looked at him and I was like, Finn, do me a favor, man. You see that I'm doing something, please just. And this was the first, this was, this was me coming home from work. This is the first interaction my son had with me. And I caught myself right there. And I was like, oh my God, this is, that's it. This is the last time that happens. I will. And I stopped and I was almost hysterical. I was almost crying. Mm. And I got down on my knee and I said, buddy, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry, man. That will never happen again. And from that day forward, I knew that I needed to, to, to have a buffer in place, a transition from the work shit to my home life. And so I do that breath work. And then I walk into the house and my phone is in, I throw my phone in airplane mode. I do not look at my phone from six o'clock until 8.30. Wow. That is all family time. My wife typically has dinner. My wife cooks dinner Monday through Friday. She has dinner on the table at six o'clock sharp. She's like very structured as well. We have dinner every single night. We, um, I'm focused, I'm present, as present as I can be, but far more present than I have been in the past. Um, we go around the table and we say our rose, our thorn, our bud, and our seeds for the day. So all of us do this. And it's basically one awesome thing that happened today. One not so awesome thing that happened today. One person that we helped today, that's our seed. And one thing that we're really looking forward to. We always like to have something to look forward to as a family. And we all go around the table and we all say that. And then, you know, we chow, we eat and we hang out, we play some games you know, sometimes we'll pull out Yahtzee, whatever. It's just like a totally relaxing, chill time with the fam. And then I typically take the kids um, every other day up at 7.15. My wife will take them at 7.15 on her days. And I have a pretty awesome thing that I do with my kids. I don't know if you want to hear about that, but that's like yeah, something that's really powerful for me. Yeah. Um, I take them upstairs at 7.15 on my nights and, you know, we brush our teeth. We, uh, they brush their teeth. They, they take a piss. We walk through, you know, seat up, seat down, wipe seat, <laughs> wash hands. And then we go into into uh, the bedroom where I will read them two books or, you know, if we're reading a chapter book, we'll read a full chapter. And then they crawl into bed after a big hug and a kiss. And uh, I say, all right, guys, give me the 13 things. And since they're born, we've been i've been i this is my way of of really sort of instilling values in my ch- in my children i think it's important the consistency is is so important with kids and i don't know where i learned this from but i but i i picked this up as a father and uh you know i've been saying this with my sons every single night that i put them down and they absolutely love it and so there's 13 things that they will recite to me and those 13 things are Always protect your brother. Ladies always go first. Squeeze and eyes. Remember people's names. Lift up the toilet seat when you need to go. Put down the toilet seat where you're done and wash your hands. Look to the left on the road. Look to the right on the road. Be kind to mommy when daddy's away. Always walk with courage. Kindness always wins. I love you. Mm. And um, there's one more. I'm, I'm spacing it right now, but there's there's 13 things. And we say it every single night and they both say it to me. And then I say to them, hey, guys, you know, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up and your dad is going to support you as long as you do it for yourself and nobody else. And I say, what's it going to take? And they say courage. And I say, and what is courage? And they say, being afraid and doing it anyway, as long as it's for the good. Mm. And then I um, sing to them, stand by me and hang out in the room after i sing for about five to ten minutes where i'll do my um my pt stretches (laughs) on the floor i head downstairs and uh, i make myself my my last meal of the day which is a smoothie i make a smoothie every night at about 7 45. i make that smoothie i walk over to the couch i hang out with my wife we watch a show on netflix and uh it's just time for us to be together i touch her she touches me not in a in a weird way we when we're sitting on the couch together we are we are holding hands or she is touching my leg or i am touching her body like 
I make sure to make physical contact with my wife um, when we're together. It's important. I think, you know, you can sit next to your partner and that partner can become your friend only <laughs> if you're not intentional about intimacy and being, you know, having romantic engagement on a daily basis doesn't have to be sex every day like let's be real here you know what i'm saying like you're in a long-term relationship you're not having sex every day unless you're like i don't know you know maybe some people are but most people aren't way beyond that yeah you gotta have way beyond (laughs) um but i do i do deeply believe in um in intentional intimacy every day and uh at around 8 30 i have a little um a sleep support drink that i'll be sharing about real soon with creatures it's 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 a new product for creatures that have it that's delicious and uh you know we hang out and um we we head in, we head upstairs to to bed typically at 9 30 every night i brush my teeth i say a little prayer i thank god for for keeping me sober today and then uh in the bedroom you know we have blackout shades i've got a uh a, a mattress topper that keeps my side of the bed nice and cold every night put on one airpod and i have typically a sleep book that i'm listening to it's typically some sort of like a heavy 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 like you know literature that puts me to sleep immediately i put on my sleep mask i put my head on the pillow and i'm typically asleep within 30 seconds no joke i get about seven hours of sleep a night and it's typically very very good sleep that's my evening i can't wait to get married and have kids dude You fired me dude, up so much. Dude, I'm telling you right now, like, I, you know, it's surreal being a father um, and knowing that my kids love me and I love them so much, you know. And there's always moments where you're like, man, am I doing this right? Mm-hmm. But um, I have dinner with my kids and my wife every single day. Yeah. I have breakfast with them every single morning. You know, work is obviously important to me. Financial success is important to me. It's not why I do what I do, though. It's never been chasing the cash, but it's important to me. I want to be able to give the most awesome life experience to my family, you know, me included, by the way, not just my kids and my wife. Like, you know, if I'm being totally honest here, I am the number one priority in my life. I am. Mm -hmm. And that's only because if I'm the number one priority, I tend to show up far better than I would if I was not the number one priority. So and listen, I'm a better people, dad. People you know? think that's a selfish remark. Because- well, I think it's, I think it could be selfish if you're doing it, if you're making yourself the priority in, in place of the time you could be spending with your kids and your wife and you know, your business, right? Like I, I have figured out a system where I'm able to, to make my, myself the priority with all the things that I do every single morning specifically before they get up. And then, you know, I have figured out a way to, to work out between 9am typically and 11 o'clock in the morning. Like I've earned the ability to do that. You know, I've, I've built businesses, I've sold businesses, I've worked my fucking ass off. And now I work out every day between nine and 11, you know, and, um, and, and it wasn't always that way, but now it is. So I am the priority in my life. And because I make myself the priority, I'm just a better dude better human, you know? And I know that that's easier said than done. It is. I'm, I'm not an old guy, but I'm, I'm not a young dude anymore. Right. I'm in my forties. I'm 42. And I put a lot of work in, I've put a lot of work in over the years to be able to do the shit that I get to do today. You know, I, I believe I get to do life. Life gives me the opportunity to do the things I, I do. You know, it's not, I don't, I, I really don't subscribe to like this happened to me, you know, everything good and bad that happens throughout the day is an opportunity, everything, because we can learn so much in the pain, you know, Four thirty-five wake up is no joke. Is there uh you firing yourself up in the morning? Like, how do you, how do you get out? How do you, the majority of people are on their phone on social media for an hour wasting time. How are you not that guy? Like, how are you out of bed? How are you focused? How are you doing your thing every single morning? There's no secret, man. It's discipline. That's it. I wish I could tell you that there was a, there was a, a, a hack. I have my, my, my sleep 
mattress topper thing. <laughs> it it knows that I want to be up between 445 and 515 every day. It starts to warm up at 445. And man, when I open my eyes, I get the fuck up. That's it. That's it. It's not a negotiation. It's I get the fuck up. And if I know, like, for instance, I, when I was traveling, A, I didn't have my mattress stopper, but B, I was going to bed at 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning or four, four, five o'clock in the morning if I go to bed at midnight. Mm-hmm. I'm just not because I know that I'm going to be acting suboptimally if with four to five hours of sleep. So I will very consciously allow myself to sleep till seven o'clock in the morning if I have the ability to do that. And on, on Saturday and Sunday, you know, I used to just like, this was like my seven day a week thing, you know, because it does make me feel so good. My morning routine, we didn't really go through my morning routine, but it really like, I've got this long list of shit that I do. We kind of went through it. Yeah. Um, on, on Saturday and Sunday now these days, like, I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to like, wake up with the kids. I'm going to wake up with the wife and kids. I'm going to have coffee with them. You know, like I'm not I, like the week, the weekdays are very, very important to me to just be firing on all cylinders. And I, function better as an entrepreneur when i know that i've won like 15 times before 6 30 in the morning yeah when the world is still asleep man exactly there's no better feeling how much water are you taking in a day on average about a gallon okay yeah, yeah. when are you gonna write the book man <laughs> oh good question probably not until uh preaches of havoc gets acquired Mm. I need one really big, big win financially. And then I will dedicate all sorts of time to that. You know, I feel like I'm in like the, I'm not one of these guys that's like, oh, I'm going to live to 140, Mm. but I do think I'm going to live to like 110. So I'm about 40%, 35, 40% of the way through at this stage. And I kind of give the first 23 years, like, it's kind of like a, it's a wash because I didn't, you know, I was a mess. And so I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like 20 years into like the pro- productive person lifespan. And so I, I've got, you know, a good, I've got like a good 40 years ahead of me to really get after it. And there's so much time to write a book. You know, I, I want to, I want to build great brands that really, you know, Creatures of Habit is a brand that's helping a lot of people. You know, it's like it's like making life easier and give, giving people uh, a habit that they can sink their teeth into literally to kick them off on a positive path for the day, you know, and my habits are everything, you know, and they almost killed me for years. And now I've, you know, I've used habit as the catalyst to happiness, habit to me, some people, when they hear the word habit, or most people, honestly, think bad news. Oh, habit. They're like, oh, smoking, drinking, overeating, partying, sleeping late, snoozing, blah, 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 blah. I'm like habit. I'm like mm, fitness, nutrition, <laughs> mindset, meditation, prayer, you know, journaling, like all these things. And so I've used habit as like truly the pathway to happiness. And and that's what Creatures of Habit is. I'm, I am, you know, going to build this brand probably for the next five years or so. Introduce a couple of great habits that are going to help people really stay on the beam on a daily basis, you know, and they're going to come in the form of nutrition for the most part. I mean, we have, we'll launch things like this. I mean, we have this, this Creatures of Habit journal that I use every single day. That's probably just about the, I mean, I've been journaling for a long time and I took the greatest hits from all my favorite journals and I mashed them into this, into this journal. Um, so we'll have things like that, you know, we're launching, I'll just spill the beans. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy yeah. to do it. So we're launching a, you know, meal uh, creatures have it launched with a product called meal one. It is a, an overnight oatmeal that is packed with 30 grams of plant-based protein. It's got chia seeds, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, a little pink Himalayan salt. It's got, a, it's got probiotic digestive enzymes, vitamin D3. You get a bunch of omegas from the, from the seeds. It's got zero sugar. It's only sweetened with monk fruit. It's fucking delicious. Yep. And it is the absolute best way to start your day as far as I'm concerned. And the reason why I created the, the brand and launched with Meal One is because those guys, when I got sober, told me that the first thing I should be eating every day is oatmeal. So I've been eating oatmeal as my first meal of the day for 18 plus years, literally. Mm. And so when I was thinking about how I was going to launch Creatures of Habit, 
I said, man, like the most authentic thing to me, my oatmeal. <laughs> it's just, I have, I am the, I am the ultimate creature of habit. I've been doing this shit forever. This is going to be an easy one for me to get behind. If I can create the formula that I've been making for the last, whatever it has been 10 years since I've had the, the formula that we're currently using at meal one, if I can figure out a way to package this, not only am I going to put an amazing habit in people's path to start their day, like it's the decisions that you make in the beginning of the day. It's really the decisions you make in the beginning of the day are going to, it's not guaranteed, but they are going to paint a picture of what the rest of your day will look like. So if you start with a snooze and a bagel and cream cheese, chances are you're going to eat shitty and sluggish all day. That's kind of like what it is, right? However, if you like wake up at five o'clock in the morning and have like an incredibly healthy first meal, chances are you're going to be chipper. You're going to be on top of it. You're going to feel really good and you're going to eat well throughout the rest of your day. Most likely you're going to get some fitness in there and you're just going to be firing on, on better, on better, you know, like the decisions we make in the beginning of the day are, 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 are essential to our trajectory throughout the day. So that's why we launched a meal one. The next product that we're launching um, is called Nightcap, and it is a sleep support powder. I believe sleep is as important as the first thing you put into your body. So if you can start your day with meal one and finish your day with Nightcap, you're really winning. Nightcap is a blend of uh, zero THC, CBD, GABA, magnesium, Mm. L-theanine, reishi mushroom, ashwagandha, touch of lion's mane, chamomile flower extract, a little MCT oil powder. It tastes like the best cup of hot chocolate you've ever had. Damn. And it's like the it's like a sweet tooth quencher and just an amazing sleep elixir. So mm. it's bomb. It's coming out soon. And we're launching an unbelievable sleep mask with that. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh with all of this, you know, come haters. What do you what do you do with them? I thank them. I thank them and I I you know, I, I mean I get people DMing me all the time, you know. Mm terrible shit oh you're one of these fucking idiots blah 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 blah. and i'm like hey man thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to reach out i wish you nothing but the fucking best honestly that's what that you know that like the haters are uh you know rarely do you see happy people hating (laughs) you know rarely do you see successful people truly successful people meaning people that feel good in life and that tends to come with a bunch of great byproducts like money and fitness and health. Uh, but rarely do you see happy, successful people hating, you know, I, I, people that hate are, 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 are unhappy people. And so I have sympathy and empathy for them. I'm sure know? those are the ones you're, you're praying for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey, uh, when COVID hit, I'm curious what you did. How did you react to all that? And how'd you do life when everything was shut down? COVID was awesome for me, man. I, you know, I, and I don't say that COVID was really hard for everyone, right? I mean, it was like a, it was like a smack in the mouth, especially if you got COVID. My, you know, we lost, I lost my grandfather to COVID. You know, it was a, it was a, a lot of people lost lost loved ones, and you know, people. I mean, COVID really fucked shit up. However, I will say that it forced me to be closer with my family and 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 be be a better father and a better husband. I mean it really did, you know. We moved out of Brooklyn. We moved to upstate New York and we hunkered down and I learned an enormous amount about the lack of a bill of the lack of boundary skills I had pre-covid. The first two and a half years of my son Finn's life, I was I was, you know, I just opened up Seymour's and I've missed the first two years of his life for, for real. Like I was not available. I was, I was working late and, you know, I was working 15, 18 hours a day and it was really, really hard. And, you know, I, I got better at that in 2017. I mean, I stopped doing those late, late nights, but it was, you know, I still was founder of a restaurant company. You know, it's like that, like the busiest time of, of, of the day for the restaurant was between seven and 10 o'clock at night, you know, whereas most people, you know, the busiest time of their day is like, you know, 11 o'clock to four o'clock in the afternoon for restaurant people. It's, it's, you know, seven to 11. So it's hard, you know, um, my phone was never, not, never, not ringing. 
Um, and I'm so happy that that's not my life right now. You know, COVID really made that really showed me that I don't need to to do that. It was, it was, I love the restaurant business. Chances are I'll end up at some point back in the restaurant business because I really do love the industry. I love hospitality. I, I think my superpower, my, my, my sixth sense is the ability to connect with human beings, create environments that people thrive in. I love making people feel good. I really do. It, 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 it just fires me the fuck up part of my French, but it does when I'm able to create an experience for someone, create a product for someone, create um, an atmosphere that someone feels good, feels better in than when, you know, feels better when they're experiencing it than, than before they were experiencing it. And then the goal for me as a business person is, you know, it doesn't matter what the people feel like when they come in or when they engage with the product. It's really my job is to make sure that they are fired up on the way out, hmm. right? Like that's the, that is how you create culture. You, you give someone an experience that they feel so good walking away from <laughs> that they just want to come back and, yeah. and participate again. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know I'm getting into your day, man. And I apologize. Uh, we're going over time and I, I, you're the man. Seriously. I, I cannot thank you enough. You, you are the best. There's a stigma out there about marriage and a lot of people aren't happy being married. They're not in love anymore. Like what, what's the key? What's, what's, what's the trick of staying happy and in love? I call it upfront, in-your-face communication. Mm. It, it is absolute communication no matter what, especially when it hurts and is uncomfortable. I will also say that having sex regularly is very important. Now, regularly could be once a week, which would be awesome, but if it gets to less than once a month, it's something that you need to actually discuss, in my opinion. If you don't have it and you don't talk about it, you are in trouble mm. in a marriage. That's just what, from my experience, my wife and I, there's been times to you know, we've been together a long time. Like we have gone a month or, or a month and a half without having sex. At, but we're t we talk about it even if we don't engage immediately it's like you know there'll be moments where donald will be like you know hey we haven't been you know we haven't had sex and blah 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 and i'm like you're right we actually haven't let's like figure let's figure this out and sometimes we'll just go have sex and other times we're like okay we need to be better about this like we need to commit to each other you know like this is a long journey you know <laughs> like we need to make sure that we are not only like not not only that we love each other but like like there is an in love component to that mm -hmm. right like in being in love and loving is different right in love is like like a, a you know and it's not like you're gonna from my experience it's not like you're going to see your wife or your husband walk across the bedroom naked and like want to like grab them jump their bones you know i mean it's like that that hot and heavy stuff comes and goes but it's not nearly as consistent later on in, in life as it is in the early days. So that said, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't consistently be having sex and trying to figure out ways to make it fun and interesting. So communication upfront in your face, communication, even when it hurts, super painful, have the conversation, be comfortable with therapy. If you need to get into therapy, like have a therapist on in the, on the back burner. Like we have a therapist, you know, her name is, Deirdre, if we get into a fight that's not feeling like comfortable, that's feeling like a little bit out of our comfort zone, we're like, all right, let's bring in Deirdre. Mm. Totally like we're both on the same page with that. And we haven't had to do it a lot, but we've definitely had to do it, especially in the beginning of the pandemic. We really needed to do it. We were we did like a good like, you know, six to eight weeks every week, sometimes twice a week with her. Um, and then the one thing that I will also say has been super helpful in our marriage is that we always have something to look forward to. We always make sure that we have a trip planned six months out. Um, now, you know, my dream and one of my, my goals in life is 150 days off every year. 
And I got that from a guy named Gino Wickman, who was on my podcast a while back. And he said, man, I take 150 days off every year. Super successful guy in every sense of the word of successful. Mm. Like he's just like a killer. And he says, I take 150 days off. I take every single weekend off, which is 104 days. I take three 10 day vacations off. So that's 134 days. And then he says, I take the month of August off. So it's typically whatever it is, you know, like, you know, 150 days basically. And, and I was like, wow, like that, that makes sense. Or it wasn't 310, it was three week vacations. And, uh, and so that's my, that's my goal. So I try to hit that um, every year if I can. And, you know, I haven't been able to hit it every year, but I try. And so we always have a, you know, we always take two weeks off in August to go to Europe to see my wife's family. We rent a house in Cape Cod for five to seven days with friends. And then we try to take a vacation in February. Um, And, you know, it's like, it's, that's a great thing to be able to have, you know, and, and again, like, I know that that's a privilege. I know that that is not something that everybody has access to, but you can, if you put your mind to it, you know, 19 years ago, you're looking at a different human being than I am today. No one would have ever, ever imagined that I would be a dad, be a husband, loyal business owner, you know, multiple marathon runner, professional bodybuilder, Muay Thai kickboxing competitor, fucking CrossFit masters athlete. Like, no, no one ever, no one ever would have, would have, would have said that about me. And, and I did it and I'm not unique. I'm not, I just, you know, you asked about like, what is the motivation in the morning? You know, I look at every day as a metaphor for life because we only get one day guaranteed and maybe not even, but we get, we definitely get, if you open your eyes in the morning, you're guaranteed that moment. Right. And that's the only time you get a shot to do shit right then and there, right in this moment, I'm talking to you right now. You and I are doing, we're producing, we're making content, we're doing, we're connecting, we're hopefully being of service. This is my opportunity right here, right fucking now to make an impact right this second. That is what life is. There's no fucking pills. There's no hacks. There's no secret sauce. It's like you fucking do it. You want something. The only way to have it is to do it. That is it. Want plus do equals have. It's an action game, you know? And so um, no one's going to push you. No one's going to force you. No one's going to like knock on your door and say, this is it, man. This is it. You're you won. (laughs) That's it. You got it, kid. You got to fucking do it. That's it. And so. Yeah, I got passionate there for a minute, yeah, but you know, I believe it. Ah, Mike, you're the man. One last one. Uh, society's a little bit strange nowadays, and you got kids, and um, I, I've got an amazing fiance. I think I'm a I'm a good guy. I've, I've, we've got amazing family and support system, but still, still going to be around some strange people at school, around society, whatever. How do you raise the kids to do your best to make sure that they? are productive citizens i think all children want this is from what i've learned over the last really three years since we've been upstate all my children want all any kids want is my attention my my positive love and attention that's all they want they don't care about the cars, the businesses, the motorcycles, the houses, the fucking pools. The, I mean, they like the pool, but you know, they don't, they, they, they really, what, what really means, what really matters to them is when, when my son or any kid looks up at their mom or dad and says, Hey mom, Hey dad, look at what I just drew. They want you to look at them and say, fucking not fucking. They want you to look at them and say, wow, like that is awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. You know? They want that more than anything on the planet. They want your attention. They want your love and your attention. Tell your children you love them and teach them. My sons, there's a, there's a, there's discipline in our house, right? Like not in a, in an aggressive way, but after dinner every night, you know, whether they like it or not, the kids take their plates to to the kitchen. They do it. I make them do it. And, and I'm teaching them like, hey, like if this is not like, you know, life is not going to be handed to you easily all the time. And so starting with little things like that, you know, we have charts up on on the kitchen in the kitchen. There's a door that we have we have charts on where they've got chores that they do, you know, and, you know, they get rewarded for those chores. 
every summer, you know, I don't know how important this is, but for me as an entrepreneur, it's pretty important. Every summer, multiple times since the kids are, you know, two and five or whatever it's been, we sell lemonade on the street and we, um, I teach them about, you know, I, I talk to them about how much money I'm going to give them to buy the lemonade, how much money it's going to cost for me to help them make it. And then we go out there and I t- teach them about marketing and how you're going to, how you're going to stop people on the <laughs> driving down the street to buy your lemonade. Cause you're two cute kids. You got to use that as your advantage. And those kids make like 150 bucks a day. Oh, yeah. They pay me out the $40 uh, that it costs to, to buy it. And, and they can't wait to do it. You know, they're like, as soon as the weather breaks, like my kids are like, let's make, let's make, let's go make some lemonade, you know, oh, yeah. um, that like little things like that. And I also think, you know, there's, you know, I'm buddies with Joe DeSena, who's the founder of uh, Spartan Race. He's a good friend of mine. He will tell you differently. You know, he will tell you that you should force your kids into sports and fitness and athletics. because, And it's worked out really well for him in his situation with his boys. For me, you know, I'm an athlete. I, I I was I was I'm kind of like a like a like a born athlete. I've always loved sports. I, I took a break in those 10, 11 years that I was getting, you know, I was on the street being a maniac. But my kids both are not like chomping at the bit for sports. Mm. And I'm like, whatever you want to do, guys, I'm gonna support you in whatever you wanna do. I'm not gonna tell you you're you're you should be doing this. Like if my older son Finn is an incredible artist. Like mm. he is an unbelievable like the I'm like, I can't even believe it. He draws far better than I've ever been able to draw mm. at at eight years old. So I'm 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 fired up to to motivate him to be to take that wherever he wants to take it. Um the only thing I've ever forced on my kids is the New York Giants. That's it. I'm a <laughs> massive football fan, you know? So like that's something that I'm like, hey, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them the Giants. I don't care who they follow baseball, basketball, hockey, but like the Giants, it's like a big deal for me. So aside from that, you know, um really I think kids want attention. That's what they want. They want attention. And um and in a in a in a healthy way. You know, they want to feel love because at the end of the day, and I think this would be a good way to finish the podcast. At the end of the day, it's all about love. It's about every decision we make is in the name of love towards others and wanting to be loved from others. Life is a love game. And um, if you, if you know that, you'll you'll allow love to sort of lead in a positive way and uh, that's my experience in the last many years in, of my life you know leading with my heart is important you know i i have to ask you this would you know the difference if you weren't raised by your father though you mentioned that one time when you kind of got upset at your son. You think you would have stayed there? Like you think you would have stayed upset at him or did you hear your dad in your head and you then corrected yourself? No, I I don't think it has anything to do with my dad. I think it was just I caught myself being an incredibly selfish human. Mm-hmm. I believe that the cell phone the smart cell phone is the down fall to human humanity i really do mm-hmm. and i've got a lot of friends like gary v for instance that would tell me like oh i don't know if i if i agree with you there there's definitely a lot of positive things that it's been been you know helpful with in in regards to business and 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 uh but i really do believe that uh it's the it's the bane of our existence right now and I wish it wasn't here. I really do. I would. I would. I would be so happy without the goddamn phone. Mm-hmm. It's a necessary evil in our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the better you are at managing, and the more the more control um, and 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 uh, discipline you have around the phone, like r- I've seen real real happiness. You know, like I do not go on my phone first thing in the morning. I just don't do it. You know, like every once in a while, I'll take a fo- take a po- I'll take a photo. And I'll post it a little bit later on, you know, if I'm, if I'm, you know, trying to motivate people with morning routine stuff, but I will not, I'm not like scrolling on my phone, man. I'm just not doing it. And, and I am very, very regimented about not opening up my phone from six to eight o'clock or eight 30 
I'm not doing it, man. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. Like not, in not the middle of the work day. Not checking for a text, day. not checking for an email, like first thing. Mm-hmm. Don't even look at your phone. I don't do it. Wow. Un- unless unless I'm like, all right, let me take a picture of my like mm-hmm. my early morning wake time to give people some motivation for the morning. I will look at my phone, you know, at 7:30 in the morning um and 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 my computer to to get some of that early morning work done like after like if typically I take the kids to school Tuesdays and Thursdays, so when my wife takes them on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I'm crushing emails from 7:30 to 8:39 before I go to the gym. But before that, I'm not, man. I'm not doing it. You know, I'm just not. And um, yeah, it's been, that is very, very helpful. I mean, there's no way I'd be able to do breath work and red light therapy and journaling and sauna meditation and reading and stretching and cold plunge affirmations and all the shit that I do every single morning if I was on my goddamn phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Bro, I love everything you're about. I I am a monster fan of yours. You're thank you. You're you're everything uh, every human being should be, and you just you just spit amazing amazing stuff all day long. I look so forward to your stories, to your content. I, I you're so damn creative. You put out a post every freaking day. I don't know how you get so damn creative about all this stuff. It's just. You're motivating the shit out of me. I know you're going to motivate everybody that's listening to this and, and beyond. So, dude, I hope you live to 110 years old. Uh, if you say you are, you're going to. God God bless you, man. God bless your family. And thank you so much for, for cutting the time out. It, we went way longer than... I could. I can go on for probably eight, another eight hours, but not, I know you can't. So I thank you, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It was a good time. Not going to lie. I'm kind of sad it's over. <laughs> Michael's awesome. Remember, Creatures of Habit, uh, Overnight Oats, delicious, miked, 1-5, the number 15 for 15% off. Miked, 1-5. You know, I just think that um, surrounding yourself around people is so important. And when you can do that, you can find guys and just kind of gravitate towards people like that. It makes a whole lot of difference in your life. And just just be on the prowl, man. Just be on the prowl for good people, solid people, because it really makes a difference. They say if you're hanging out with nine losers, you're going to be the tenth. You don't want to be the smartest man in the room or woman in the room, person in the room. You know, you want to keep learning and growing. And Michael did that for us uh, in two parts here. And um, forever grateful for that. Took out his time. Awesome stuff. So thank you so much for listening to part two let's keep doing this thing let's keep finding good guests if you know of anybody that can come on here and help us grow help us be better they have stories business stories life stories man always open would love to have them on the show i am mike gabriel this is mike up pod until next time folks no wasted days let's go